0: Hello, and welcome to the Canal Street Chronicles podcast, part of the SB Nation family. I'm your host, Brendan Ertl, and you can find my Saints articles on Canal Street Chronicles as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Brendan underscore And welcome back to another episode of the Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host Brennan Earle. What a heartbreak! The New Orleans Saints fall to the San Francisco 49ers, 48 to 46. The 49ers improve to 11 and two on the season, and the Saints fall to 10 and three. With this loss, the Saints have fallen fall into the three seed behind the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. The next three opponents for the Saints are Indianapolis on Monday Night Football in New Orleans. They travel to Tennessee and end the season in Carolina. Before we jump into this game, I'm just going to give down some of the stats, the big-time stats from this game. Drew Brees, a vintage Drew Brees game, 29 for 40, 349 yards, five touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown, six total touchdowns. Michael Thomas had 11 receptions for 134 yards and a touchdown. Jared Cook was huge in this game. He had two receptions for 64 yards and two touchdowns before he left on that second con- second touchdown on a concussion. He ru- was ruled out. Deontay Harris had a huge game. Maybe his best game was a Saint. He had five returns for 155 yards and a 51-yard long. That put the Saints in great scoring position multiple times. Craig Robinson stepped into the starting lineup today. He tied an interception. In the biggest stat, the defense gave up 41 points. Swing right into this breakdown, starting off with the offense. We could critique the offense in so many different ways, but look at the big picture. They scored 46 points. We've been waiting for a Saints offensive game for a long time like this. We've been kind of harping on them. It, we were saying, like, this offense is average at best. This is kind of their breakout of the game. They scored 46 points. Drew Brees had six touchdowns. Joe Cook had two. Mike Thomas had one. Trayquan Smith had one. This was maybe, in my opinion, I think this was the most complete game from the wide receiving core of the Saints that we've seen. Overall game, but Traquan produced timely times. He only had two catches, but he he produced timely times. He potentially had the game-winning touchdown, but, you know, Ted Ginn on numerous occasions was getting open. He had four receptions for 50 yards. He made some big-time catches on third down. And Latavius Murray had a ton of success in this game. I'm upset they didn't run with him more. I understand the circumstances of the game, that the Saints were kind of in a shootout. They didn't want to stick to running the football. But Murray was the hot hand. He He's really played well when he gets those... He gets those volume touches. He really can break out some runs. And there was numerous times when he'd he'd get through that. He could make he'd make a read, step up field, and he'd get 10, 15 yards every time. Two things we can look back on and frown upon is the two point conversions earlier on in the game when Jared Cook got hit in the head. They got he got called fifteen yard penalty. So they the Saints decided to put that on the two point conversion and line up from the one and go for it. They didn't get it, and so it was seven to thirteen then, and that kind of forced them into a bad situation later. That's kind of what we all thought. But looking back on it, it's like, come on, kick the kick the field goal. But this is this is this was a playoff game for the Saints. I honestly, in my opinion, I like the call. I would have done the same. This is a playoff game, you need to be risky, you cannot be conservative, and lots of people don't agree. I know lots of people who didn't agree with the call. But if they get the two-point conversion and we win by two points, no one's talking about, oh, they shouldn't have done this. Oh, they shouldn't have done that. Because at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. You need to be not conservative to win this football game. The second two-point conversion, though, uh, I know they needed to do it, but the play call... In that situation, you pick your best play and go to your best player. And that play call just looked no good from the start. Ted Ginn came in motion. I think they're trying to f- fake the fly sweep, but Drew Brees stepped back and Michael Thomas wasn't open. Traevon Smith definitely wasn't open. He just kind of floated over there. Drew said in the press conference that no one was open. Yeah, clearly it wasn't their best play. They, I feel like they could have had a lot more plays. I feel like Latavius Murray should have been in there. But there's lots of things they could have done differently on offense. But overall, you cannot complain because they scored 46 points. If you told me Drew Brees threw for 349 yards and five touchdowns against the San Francisco 49ers, the best defense in the NFL, I'd be like, heck yeah, we, we destroyed them. There's no way this, was game, this game was close. Not the case. Last year, we saw the offense maybe peak too early. Remember the Cincinnati game and the Buffalo game? They just dominated, and that was like the peak performance from the offense, and like after that game, they kind of fell off the rails a little bit. I think the Saints offense is starting to peak, and they're finally peaking at the correct time. All season long, we've seen inconsistency and maybe not the best play, but they're peaking at the correct time. If they can keep this up against Indianapolis next week and Tennessee, Tennessee's hot. If they can keep it up against Tennessee, I think this will carry into the playoffs. It was clear to me in the game plan. I even said in la- in the last podcast, Jared Cook was going to be big in this game because I, w- I knew they would want to attack the seams against the 49ers, and they were very early. And we saw a play earlier, I mean, later on in the game with Taysom Hill. It was kind of like a wheel route shot. It, it, they had to run that play because they had no tight end production in the seams. They had to test. They had to keep the 49ers honest in the seams. And they just, once Jared Cook went out they just had no production in the seams Josh Hill was there he had a touchdown but it's just not the same Jared Cook is a phenomenal route runner losing him was huge to the game plan I know they had tons of plays scripted just for Jared Cook maybe not just for Jared Cook too but just plays you can build off of Jared Cook and have not having him in the game hurts a ton the elephant in the room what is wrong with Alvin Kamara? I don't know I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know if he's banged up, if, if there's an undisclosed injury. Sean does a good job not really telling us what injuries are. I personally think he's okay. I think he's healthy. I think he showed flashes of the vintage Kamara making big plays. He had that big run up the middle and then the hurdle. That's the Camara we're used to seeing. I just think 49ers and teams are, are, are game-playing well for Camara and they're trying to stop. They're doing everything they can to stop Camara. And The Saints are just forcing it. I just think they're putting Camara in these bad situations And I've had a lot of people hit me up on Twitter and say why do they keep doing this pitch to Camara because last year? It worked so well Well, that's why it's not working anymore because it works so well. So teams don't now know how to stop it I want to highlight a play when they they did a pitch to Camara and they kind of did a a fake motion and try to get the defense going left to right and then they pitched it to the right to Kamara and didn't even block Eric Armstead because they wanted him to press in his gap and have his hand on the hip and pursue to the right. He didn't do that because teams know they're going to do that pitch with Kamara. And I personally think you put it, you you put a hand on Eric Armstead, Josh Hill just went right out, and he got stopped for like five, six-yard loss. Teams know what the Saints do with Kamara, and they just – I. I it's clear to me the Saints can win without Kamara and it's just a bonus to have him. They just can't be forcing him the football. There's more players in this game that ought a hot hand. Michael Thomas clearly was eating Richard Sherman all game. Kwan Williams, they weren't following Michael, but Michael Thomas had a hot hand. Latavius Murray's playing well. I just think they're forcing the ball to Kamara too much. And they're using scripted plays that teams teams are teams have down now. Another big thing is another big thing I want to highlight is I'm being told that that Andrews Pete actually wanted to come back this game, and he was very he 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 thought he was going to he thought he could, but they decided to hold him out and Teron Armstead of course ended up playing this football game, but he was seen in a walking boot after the game. That's probably just precautionary for that ankle, but it's it's big that Pete wanted to come back this game. don't want to talk about this but we got to the defense where do i even start they gave up 48 points it was clear to me very clear that kiko alonso and aj klein mean so much to this football team it hurts so much without them in the lineup i know they're not these top tier linebackers like a bobby wagner or whoever else fred warner but they're very important to this team because they're athletic, they can move well, they go side to side, and this was this would be a perfect game for Kiko and A.J. Klein to play together, because Kiko, he's maybe the best lateral movement on the team. Demarro Davis has, ga- has great gap awareness, but Kiko moves so fast, and he has such good lateral movement, and the 49ers were all zone running, and they were getting to the outside every time. Craig Robinson and Stephon Anthony just couldn't get there. And it was just burning the Saints. Another thing is that Stephon Anthony and Craig Robinson were getting lost in coverage. It's something Saints fans are used to seeing. All the the 10-yard ends, the 15-yard digs that Elabs getting burned on. He's used to having a linebacker in in coverage, so that throw is harder to make, but it's wide open because they were lost in coverage. So that that was a big loss for them. I'm being told Kiko Alonso should be back next week. A.J. Klein's iffy. But overall, the defense just couldn't find a stop. They couldn't find one. It was Kyle Shanahan versus Dennis Allen. And Kyle, Kyle Kyle Shanahan won this matchup for sure. There was there was adjustments that Dennis Allen did that I liked, and there was ones that I definitely did not like. I think Eli Apple has been great for us. He's a great addition, but this was one of the rougher games he's had in the Saints uniform. He just couldn't stick on D. Samuel or Emmanuel Sanders. Kept getting lost in coverage. The thing I want to highlight. I love Chauncey Garner-Johnson. I love the draft pick when they took him, and he's played great football this year. But he had three big mistakes, three big mistakes that could have ended this football game multiple times for the Saints. First off, the da- the Davenport sack on third down. He ended up holding George Kittle, and they called it back. That gave the 49ers a first down. That would have The 49ers would have punted, and it would have been Saints ball with however much time left, like five minutes. That was the first big mistake. The second big mistake was the helmet-to-helmet hit. I know, I know, I know, I know that is just a bang-bang play. It probably wasn't a penalty, but it's just it's a rookie, it's a rookie mistake. It, it cost the Saints more points. The 49ers ended up scoring a touchdown. They would have held them to a field goal there. Just another mistake. And the last thing I want to highlight is on that fourth and two, Chauncey Garner-Johnson was lined up on George Kittle. I don't think that's Chauncey's fault. I think that's where Dennis Allen made his biggest mistake. Before the snap, they had Marshawn were actually lined up on George Kittle, and I was like, yes, this is perfect. The 49ers are going to to their best player on fourth down, and that's George Kittle. They're going to go right at him. Having Marshawn, your best cover corner on George Kittle, is what I liked because they they can't put a linebacker on him because they don't have any good enough to guard George Kittle. The 49ers end up calling a timeout, and then for some reason out of the huddle, the Saints had the rookie, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, on George Kittle, and that's just its just not fair. It's fourth down. Season's determined on this play, and they put the rookie in a bad spot. He gets beaten a three-yard out, and history tells that George Kittle goes 40 yards down the field. Marcus Williams can't bring him down. Vaughn Bell can't bring him down. Might as well just let him go score because that 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 did it for the Saints. I want to give a shout out to the D-line though. They fought really hard in this football game. First half was rough for them, but they were doing a good job stopping the run. Linebackers struggled. Demar Davis had his has play, had his plays here and there because he'll always show up. Demar Davis will never have an off game. But D-line really fought in this football game. We didn't hear Cam Jordan's name at all, if not a few times, but Shy Tuttle had a very good game. He's becoming a dog. And I mean dog, because Sheldon Rankins actually was questionable return. He never came back. I think it's an ankle injury with Sheldon, so that'll be big. But Shy Tuttle's played great these past couple weeks, and we saw him have a huge tackle for a loss that got the 49ers off the field. Mar Edwards got a sack, a big, timely sack. They're just playing well at the right time. Davenport, he's been struggling with injuries. He actually came in and out of the game a few times, but the Saints will have an extra day off this week because they play on Monday night. But the D-line fought really hard. I was proud in how they played. I don't think they were the problem in this in this game. The 49ers had to get cute to beat the Saints defense, and they did. They were really cute. And I mean very cute. Lots of motions, lots of misdirections, wide receivers throwing passes. They knew they couldn't beat the Saints straight up. Passing the football just three-step drop. Go through your progressions. They need they knew they needed to confuse the Saints defense because they have been actually pretty good in coverage this year. But whatever the 49ers did, they just the Saints couldn't adjust. And I think that's on Dennis Allen. It's on Dennis Allen, but Dennis Allen can't play coverage. I mean, Marcus Williams had a big mistake. He I don't know what he was doing. He fell down in coverage on that huge touchdown pass to Emmanuel Sanders. But definitely something the Saints need to clean up. Before the, if they want to make a run for the playoffs, it's something they need to clean up for sure. And I'm tired of talking about the defense. But last thing I gotta say: 53 seconds left, couldn't get a stop. But we said before the game, last team with the football is gonna win this game. Four Niners were the last team with this football. They won the game. You could say the Saints scored too fast, but that's no such thing in the NFL. That shouldn't be a thing. tricon's not gonna go down at the one or two to chew more time. That's just not what you do. The Saints did what the Saints offense took care of business. Defense couldn't. Pull us one in, but we'll definitely see this team again. Maybe the best unit today was special teams. Deontay Harris, of course, had a great game. Will Lutz was 2-for-2 two two on field goals. I'm going to jump into some questions real quick. At Saints Elite on Twitter, he hit me up and he said, how far away is Michael Thomas in catches, and do you think he will get that record of Marvin Harrison's 143 record? I think he can. Michael Thomas currently has 121 catches, and the record is 143. So if you do that math, the Saints have three games left. So he would need 7.3 a game to tie the record. I think he's got it. I think it might be close. It might be tough. But I think he will eventually. He always seems to get his eight, nine catches a game. Today he had 11. But it'll be close. I really hope he does. That would really help his MVP case. One of my good friends, Nate Williamson, at Nate J W Sports, he hit me up and said, "What does tonight's game say to people who think Drew Brees' ability is fading, or that he lost his step?" I'm super glad he asked this question, because personally, maybe he did take a little step back, but that's because he's 40 years old. But he's still Drew Brees. This was a vintage Drew Brees game, and people are saying like Drew Brees is fading away, Tom Brady is fading away. Just just hold on a minute. five touchdowns, six touchdowns in total. He can still compete at the highest level in this league and he should be considered as one of the top quarterbacks in this league because he is and he's done this for so many straight years just chopping up the chopping up the NFL. And think about coming into this game. Drew Brees versus the number one defense in the NFL. The Drew, Drew Brees is actually 6-1 when he comes into games playing the top defense in the NFL. He's now 6-2, and two, but he always is up for the challenge, and I'm super glad he asked that question. At Casey J on Twitter hit me up and said, How do you feel about the loss? What are your thoughts for the remainder of the season? It sucks. It really sucks. I had to go take a walk so I didn't shatter my TV or throw my phone or something because it was that hard of a loss. It felt like it was right there. Those shootouts that you lose, the Saints usually come out victorious in those games, but sucks to lose those. But this definitely doesn't define their season. I was asked a lot if this is going to define their season. Not at all. They played the freaking San Francisco 49ers, the hottest team in football. If they got blown out by, like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came in and scored 48 and they won, I'd be concerned. But this was the best team in football, and the Saints were right there. They should have had this game, and this game meant so much to the seeding. But they nasted at the three seed. But this team's built to win on the on the road. They can beat you at home, and they can go beat you on the road too. We've seen that with the Chicago Bears, the Seattle Seahawks. They can beat you in your own place, and that's we haven't seen that from a lot of Saints teams. So I think they'll be okay regardless. You just got to get into the dance. They're in the dance for sure. So I think they'll be okay. If their offense keep, keeps playing like how they played today and their defense can emerge how they looked earlier in the season, they'll be perfectly fine. I'll be in the Dome next week for Monday Night Football against the Indianapolis Colts. So hit me up on Twitter at Brennan underscore Tough loss, though, but we got to win out. We got to finish a season 13-3 for sure. Now, if the Saints finish 13-3... The Seahawks finished 13-3, and they beat the San Francisco 49ers, and the 49ers finished 13-3. The Saints will actually take control of the first seed. Seattle will be the second seed, and the 49ers at 13-3 would be the fifth seed. So, opportunity there for the Saints still be the first overall seed, but I think regardless of what they're seeded, they have a shot to win the Super Bowl. As always, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for always showing love, and who dat? I'll be back next week.